as they leave, they say, hey, good luck, we're all counting on you. <laughs> so we can do whatever we want to today. Y'all remember what Gary said last week? He said if he wasn't preaching at a church, he wouldn't go to church. So I know where he is, and I'm pretty sure at uh, 1028 on Sunday morning, he is not listening to us. So we can do whatever you all want to do. So what do we want to do? Do we want to have fun? It doesn't really matter because he can't hear us. He's not going to listen. I bet we could pay Xander not to put it out on the podcast so then nobody would know. So we do whatever we want. So I hope you're all slow cookers, though. We're on fast because as Rick Cope was telling me earlier, hey, could you preach more than 12 minutes because I'm trying to get through the Ten Commandments in, in preschool today. I said, I'll try. So we're in the series of mixtapes. Um, I did, somebody did point out that it said June mixtape at one point in time or something, but anyway, we're in the series of mixtape, and I do not have 100 sermons to choose from. So I tried to go back to something that uh, I had done somewhere else. I actually did something for an association, and I went back to that, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. So there's this, that as, as I was praying for this message today and talking to Sierra about it, I was trying to figure out, hey, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to, what is my next tape that I'm going to do or whatever, my mixtape. And uh, I, as I was praying, I came up with this message. In November of last year, I took a class in Charlotte, North Carolina with 11 other people. And there was this lady in the class, and she wanted her moniker to be Honeybee. And this lady was kind of a little bit interesting, a little bit odd, but the most the greatest part to me was you could tell as she was talking how much she loved Jesus. And truthfully, her whole attitude and demeanor were almost contagious. She, was, she just had that whole, when she walked up and spoke to you and she said hello to you and she loved on you, you could tell, one, she loved Jesus, but she loved people. So when she started to tell her story, started talking about the Beatitudes and how important they had been in her life. Now, I remember reading about the, the, sermon, the sermon on the Mount, and I remember reading the Beatitudes, but I certainly did not remember them being important. And to her, they were the gospel. They were the most important thing that she had read in the Bible. Listening to her, it was obvious that it had changed her whole life. And and as I started to listen to her, and I spent three days with her, I was convicted more and more by her words and her attitude and how she treated people and what she said. And there was very seldom a conversation that somehow she didn't love on you or care for you or talked about Jesus or whatever it was. It was very interesting, So, and, and I for, kind of forgot this part at the beginning. This class was not about, this was not a Christian class. This was a, a, just a class about um, how to be a better leader, how to be a better person, all those kind of things. It was not a Christian class. So it was very interesting. The attitude she came was, hey, this is me, and I hope you like it, and if you don't, that's okay. This is still me. This is what I'm going to do. I'm still going to love you. I'm going to still treat you like Jesus should treat you, like Jesus does treat you and others should treat you. 
The interesting thing about the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus is talking to us and he's giving us his words and his teachings and his promises. So when I got to an opportunity to talk to somebody, talk to a group about it, and the conviction they had put on my heart, I just, I just kind of got down on my knees and I prayed. I said, Lord, just fill me of you so I can tell people what I've seen and I can have that conviction. And I, I so miserably fail every day at that part. Um, so here's the question. So what are the Beatitudes? Why are they important to us? How do they apply in 2023? So hopefully today, this morning, I'll show you or, or tell you what I think, and hopefully Jesus will sneak in here and fill me up and, and get rid of me. So the Sermon on the Mount happened shortly after Jesus had been baptized and his temptations during his time spent in the wilderness alone. Shortly after that, in Matthew 4.17, it says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach. And in Matthew 4.23, Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in, his, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So Jesus has already called his disciples. He's beginning his ministry on earth. He is trying to teach the people of the time, showing them his ways, teaching his disciples. He's healing the sick. He's going through the land of Galilee and spreading his word. Now, Matthew 5, 1 through 12, this is the Sermon on the Mount, and this is the Beatitudes. That's what it says. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. This is what he said. Remember two weeks ago, those words written in red. These are all written in red. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, righteousness, and they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I don't know if that speaks to everybody. I don't know that it spoke to me until I hung out with this lady. And I saw how contagious she was and how much she loved people and how much she loved being around and talking to people and loving on people. But I mean, look at some of this. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, in my interpretation, that all that's saying is blessed are the meek, and the meek are those that aren't arrogant. So one of the things that we got to think about is 
is our arrogance. And I know I, I definitely fall into that. I, there's times in my life when I, I'm certainly arrogant. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. So do you, are you thirsting? Are you, are you trying to fulfill that? As I was preparing for this, I was thinking about how do we do this? So we've kind of had the Southern Baptist Beatitudes going on. And that's not really Action Church. So I thought maybe we could interpret it a little bit differently and get down to, to the way we would think about it, the Action Church part of it. Because that's who we are. So in my most proper English... What I learned and what I want to show you guys is the two B's. And the first two B is to be intentional. That's our first beatitude is be intentional. Be intentional in all that you do. Now, what does that look like? Do you realize the difference that you make if you're just intentional with your actions towards God. And then let's go to the next step and towards others. That's what was so contagious about this lady. She was intentional. She intentionally did these things. So I started to think about our walk with Christ and what it is that God calls us to do. So one thing I think that we are called to do and after watching her is to be intentional, have an intentional life. So I want you to think about for a second, what could you do, what should you do to live a more intentional life and be intentional in what you do? Webster's Dictionary defines intentional as a determination to act in a certain way. Fixity of purpose, firm determination marked by boldness and steadiness. That's intentional. So when you came to church this morning, were you intentional? When you go to the store tomorrow afternoon to get groceries, will you be intentional? Intentional is determination, purpose, boldness, and steadiness Think that being intentional, therefore, living out these characteristics is essential in living in Christ. It's a little heavy, but it is. Jesus was talking to his disciples in John 15, 4 through 5. It says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I am in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What I want to explore today 
is what does this mean to remain in Jesus? So remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about prayer and talking about continually praying and how that is our connection with Jesus. That's how we learn what he wants us to do, what he wants us to, how he wants us to act, who he wants us to talk to. That's what that's all about. So the super big challenge there is it's totally up to us. Jesus is that constant. He's always there. He's always going to be there for you. The key there is you being there asking him, hey, what do I want to do? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to? How do you want me to act? So being intentional with your relationship with Jesus, in my opinion, will help you to be intentional with all of your other relationships with your spouse, with your significant other, with your kids, with your grandkids, with your friends. And those are all very important. But you know one that's really important as well? is with that stranger that you talked to at the store yesterday. The person that you saw yesterday and you talked to them. Those are super important. Each one of these relationships require four things, in my opinion. Love, commitment, patience, and communication with intention. We'll talk a lot more about that part. Again, prayer is our means of communicating with God, but our communication with others is through our words, through our actions, through our intentions. So how will we, how will you become intentional? I want to challenge you about something. Maybe this sermon will challenge you to be intentional with a loved one or a friend that you have been estranged from. For whatever reason, this person's not in your life right now. And maybe if you'll be intentional, maybe this person's supposed to be in your life. Now, there's people that are not supposed to be in your life, and I'm not encouraging you to go talk to them. But maybe there's that person in the back of your head, and you're thinking, wow, I really should reach out to them. I really should be intentional. Maybe being intentional will mend that relationship. I think an intentional life is one with purpose. The purpose is followed with a bold and steady determination. It's easy to have intention for an hour. It's hard to have intention every morning, every day, every minute of every day. An intentional life has discipline and vision whose goal is to remain and grow in Christ. I would encourage you to be the salt and light to others in your intentions. So the second one, the second to be, to be aware. Always be aware 
of those around you. At Action Church, we have a lot of people who have gone through a lot of things. A lot of people have been hurt. A lot of people have hurt. A lot of people deal with addictions. They deal with lost parents and lost children and lost spouses. All kinds of things. Because we are the church, I think we're the church, that people want to come to. That nobody else will accept and they want to come here. That makes being aware even that much more important. You never have any idea when you're sitting next to somebody what their journey looks like. What they're going through right this minute. Because we all know, now girls aren't as bad about this as guys are, but we all know if a guy walks up, hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing great. Okay, thanks. Let's go sit down. But you never know what that person's going through. Always pay attention. How amazing the blessing when we bless someone just by smiling and saying hello. Or better yet, listening to them. Tell us about their needs or their issues. Or just their day. Just their day yesterday. Guys, that's such a blessing and people, people miss that. People miss that part. Everybody's super busy and ready to go do something else and I don't really like that person that much. I don't, you know, I haven't spent any time with that person. So Matthew 14, 13 through 20, Jesus shows us how aware he is of those around him and how he treated them. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. He was aware. He was aware they were there, and he showed them compassion. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's getting very late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. I love this. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then they gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. Favorite part right here. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. Jesus was aware. He saw that there were people that needed help, people that needed to be healed, people that needed loving, and people needed food. Now, I assure you, we certainly aren't Jesus, <laughs> shows by most of our actions. 
But if we are aware of others, we may provide a miracle to them by showing them the love of Christ. And nobody knows what that looks like. Nobody knows what that thing is. Why it's so important to be aware. I don't know about you guys, but how amazing and awesome would it be to get to heaven, to be walking down the street, somebody walk up to you and shake your hand. You had no idea what I was going through that day. Thank you for saying hello. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you for listening. How amazing would that be? How amazing would it be for somebody to come up and tell you that you were Christ that day? You were what they needed that day. How amazing would it be to hear that? So always, always be aware. Always be an encourager. And this third to be is very interesting. It is be present. So we've just lived through a couple of years of COVID. Not sure anybody at Action Church knew that it was going on. <laughs> but during COVID, how many of us were forced to hang out at the house? Forced? to hang out with our family, forced to have dinner at home because there was nothing else to do. So we were present. Now, may not have been because we wanted to be, but we were present. But I've heard so many people say, hey, how, how nice it was that I got to hang out Sunday afternoon or Saturday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon with the kids and my family, and we got to have dinner together, and we got to sit down and talk, and we got to share with each other, and we got to just have fun. That's what life's about. Work is important. You got to work because you got to have food, you got to eat. I don't know about y'all, but I do. I got to eat. So work's important. But being present, being intentional and being aware and being present. You can be intentional, but if you're not aware, you can't use it. You can be intentional and you can be aware, but if you're not present, you can't use it. So being present is the most important part of all this. Now, how many of us, after COVID was over, started going back to not being available? not being able to sit down with your family for dinner, not being able to uh, hang out on Sunday afternoon, not being available. Sarah and I are 100% completely guilty of that. Completely guilty of that. We were available for a little while. Now we're so busy we can't hardly see. But that's our fault. So you gotta be present. You gotta be present in what you want to accomplish. You gotta be present and what Jesus wants to accomplish through you. 
So shame on us. Shame on us for not being present. Because none of us are so important that we can't take time for the important stuff. I don't see any presidents of the United States in here. He's probably pretty important. He probably takes time for his family. It's hard to know with the current president, but he probably does. Short of that, short of running the world, you really need to be that important. Let's finish by talking about being present. Matthew 28, 20, it says, and for sure I am with you always, even till the end of the age. Like we said earlier, the constant is Jesus. We are the inconstant. Unconstant, yeah, whatever that word is. Matthew is talking about Jesus always being present. So how can we always be present as well? How can we get back to being present? So for the next, this next part, these next parts are probably the most important to each of these, the bees. What does being present look like? How many, has their, how many people have their phone? How many people are looking at their phone? How many people have a tablet? How many people have a TV? How many people have anything that distracts you, even if it's Sudoku or whatever that's called? I challenge everybody to put their stuff down right now, whatever it is, set it down. Even if it's your Bible, set it down. Just set it down and relax for a second. Literally, just relax for a second. Take one minute. One minute. Relax. Now use that next minute to spend it on your relationships, your spouse, significant other, your kids, your grandkids, your friends, that other person, whoever it is. Be present for those things. There's an interesting story going on on Facebook right now. It's talking about this guy goes into a church. He's going to service. He's been going there for a a couple of years, but he's kind of new. He's going into church, and he sits down. He's kind of close to the front, and uh, his phone goes off. The pastor calls him out. A couple of people look at him, and they call him out. Everybody calls him out. 
kind of embarrassed, gets up and leaves. Sunday afternoon, sitting in a local bar. He's a little nervous because he's never been there before. He spills his drink. Waitress rushes over, loves on him, says, hey, no big deal, I'll get you another one. A couple of the other people sitting there talk to him. Hey, this is no big deal, don't worry about it. Bartender says, hey, next one's on me. Which place do you think the guy hangs out with now? Which place do you think the guy wants to go? You got to be present. You definitely got to be aware. You definitely have to be intentional. Jesus is there for each one of us. He is always available. Shouldn't we start to be available to those we love and those we don't even know? Let's close with this. Be intentional. Realize the difference you make if you are just intentional in your actions toward God and others in your lives. Be intentional when you walk in someplace. I had a business partner. We were walking through the airport, and we got to the gate, and we sat down. And he said, uh, do you realize that you talked to seven people from the time we got out of the car to the time we got to the gate? I said, no, did, did I? He said, yeah. He said, you actually had a conversation with the guy on the train. Thought y'all were going to exchange phone numbers. Be intentional. The second part is to be aware. I can't emphasize this enough so that you guys understand. None of us know what's going on inside of somebody else's head. None of us know if their heart is hurting. None of us know that yesterday they found out something really bad. None of us understand that. None of us, I'm sorry, none of us get that. They, they, we don't understand. We don't understand how aware we should be and how much of a change and how much of a help or how much of a, a just a love that we could give to somebody if we're just aware. And the last one is be present. I would encourage each of you to take time to turn off your distractions. Whatever that distraction is, turn it off. You might be amazed at the result if you turn off that distraction and you present. Let's pray.